This podcast is a publication of the Engineering Management Institute, where we build professional development systems to help engineers and their firms grow. You can now download our recently published AE Industry Trends Report, which contains answers to the following questions. How long will the great resignation last? Are firms still allowing remote work and how is it affecting their productivity? How are successful firms using data to create people-centric cultures? You can find answers to these questions and more in our latest report, which you can download at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org. Welcome to episode of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, a podcast focused on helping engineering professionals ensure that their projects are of the highest quality. The show provides strategies and concepts to help ensure the quality that you can address quality control on all of your projects. I'm your host, Brian Wagner, a licensed professional engineer, and in this episode of the Engineering Quality Control Podcast, we'll be talking with Steve Rinks, the Director of Engineering for American Surveying and Engineering, about quality control on largely focused on transportation projects, but we do dive into various aspects of projects and the different things that he has learned along the ways. So let's jump right in. Now I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Stephen Rinks, a professional engineer and PMP, Director of Engineering at American Surveying and Engineering. Stephen, welcome to the Engineering Quality Control Podcast. Thanks, Brian. Just to get started, can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your career path, and what you're up to these days? My LinkedIn profile is uh, pretty much up to date. Those podcasters can uh, do a a deep dive into that and see where I've been, what I've done uh, my career. But I started out as, as a double E major, electrical engineering. Now you might say, well, how did that happen? My father was a journeyman electrician. So I tried that and didn't get too far. So I wound up uh, choosing the civil engineering path. I've been fortunate. I uh, First company I was with, I worked in the environmental department. It was a small company that allowed me to get other disciplines. I was in the surveying. I was in uh, construction inspection. Eventually, I wound up in the highway department. So that's my background on transportation. How long have you been working for American Engineering? Since uh, the end of 2007. So I'm coming up on 15 years with them. And you've obviously progressed up that ladder professionally. Not really. I hired in as a director of engineering and uh, stayed in that position. As director of engineering, I imagine that quality control and quality management is probably very important to you, and at least having consistency across your firm and those that you oversee. What does quality control or quality management for engineering documents mean to you? Each and every project we work on has uh, six constraints. Uh, The constraint you're talking about right now, Brian, is quality. Quality has four parts to it. There's a plan, okay, you have quality assurance, then you have quality control, and then you have audits. And audits can be both uh, internal within the organization and external by the client. So as you worked on different projects and different things like that, in your experience, what challenges has maintaining a high level of quality kind of presented it over the years? First, you have to have an approved, uh, if you're doing work for the Illinois Tollway, uh, they call it a uh, CQP. It's a consultant quality plan. If you're a contractor, it's also a CQP. That stands for Contractor Quality Plan. 
And in that plan, there's many sections. I can highlight some of those sections, Brian, but the idea is that we plan our work and work the plan. So well, that's really what quality is about. You told the client what you're going to do and uh, the, you need to check internally. And then uh, externally, the client has uh, another consultant comes in and make sure that you're following what you said. Now, the Illinois Tollways ISO certified. I don't know if you know what that means, Brian. It's a global standard. It uh, cuts across all disciplines and it's about uh, documentation, process, procedures. I am familiar with the ISO 9001. I've worked for a company that was subject to those things. I saw some good things about it, that it really did force them to standardize and make sure they had a plan. I saw some breakdowns in the execution on that sometimes of executing the plan. Do you have any comments on like what maybe some of those shortcomings may be? It's neat to understand that you have other plans in there for the construction and the contracting and your plan preparation that's essentially set by the client, right? Right, exactly. We work on a lot of projects and what happens is that you may not necessarily uh, fine tune your uh, quality plan to that specific project. There may be some things you want to take out, uh, some things you want to add. So it needs to be uh, revised uh, continuously and, and constantly to the particular project that you're working on, Brian. Right. And I think that's important is recognizing how important it is to be specific because we work on so many different jobs. Yeah, it's the same maybe discipline or the same type of job, but there's no two jobs that are the same. And there's no two projects that'll ever be the same. Architects can maybe put a building on the same lot twice, but odds are the utility connections aren't even going to be in the same places. The drainage is definitely not going to be the same. There's just so many different things. Exactly. What I found on uh, quality, Brian, is that it's actually done by someone who's not involved on the day-to-day design. And younger engineers, senior engineers say, well, you know, I'm checking my own work. Oh, that's great. You're checking your own work. However, another set of eyes that has no involvement on that set of plan specs and estimates uh, needs to have a, a look-see. The other thing I'd like to make mention is that I've seen junior engineers reviewing senior engineers' work. What's wrong with that picture, Brian? Well, it's just the diversity of experience they may not have. Exactly. And if you start going on that slippery slope, well, guess what happened? All of a sudden, change order comes in on your desk, and guess what? Your firm is now on the hook, so to speak, for that change order. The charge for that change order may be a substantial portion of your uh, design fee. Right, and that's never a good thing. So I've encouraged some of the junior people that I've worked with to review plans and ask questions because I think that's important to their learning process too. What systems have you put in place beyond just the ISO or or is it just making sure you have a customized plan or approach for each job? We like to use a checklist. And of course, there's someone who's actually doing the review and then you've got someone who's actually checking what that person has done. So it's checked and back-checked. I find checklists are are a very uh, good tool to use and a simple tool to use, even though we're somewhat in this high-tech society or project environment, it's still, uh, I'm too much old school. Give me a number two pencil and uh, some lined paper, I can work with that. What did they say about paper years ago that we wouldn't need it anymore, but I think we still waste more paper now than we've ever. Yeah, but I like to think that trees are are a renewable resource, uh, Brian, in defense of paper. 
I've looked at plans on PDF and they look really nice and really clean and you print them out and all the scales are out of whack or the text is way too big or way too small. Having a complete set of construction plans or plans in general on a desk to look at is nice. Right. The software of choice now is, is Bluebeam. Those individuals that use Bluebeam, I said, you're going to have to give me a PDF because I, I can open up a PDF. I can see the red line and I can, I can uh, review that. But you want me to go in there and I'm not the guy. I mean, as director of engineering, you have a lot of responsibilities, and that's going to be different depending on the company, depending on the specific type of work and the engineering that company is doing. But maybe what type of advice would you have for somebody that's working towards becoming a maybe quote unquote director of engineering or overseeing bigger group than just project management with a company? That's an excellent question, Brad. I uh Participate in ASCE's uh, mentorship program, and I've also worked with uh, seniors on the capstone projects. And one of the first things I have them do is send me their resume. So I review the resume. And up at the top on the statement of qualifications, I, I want to see something that they're working towards taking the fundamentals of uh, engineering exam. That is, they're going to become an EIT, and then with some years of experience, they can become a uh, registered professional engineer. There's individuals that say, well, I'm going to get to it. Well, I tell them procrastination is not your friend. It's all fresh in your head, everything that you uh, studied in school. So I tell them not to delay. Uh, Try to take it before you're out or shortly after you're out. Right. I've worked with somebody that very smart, very intelligent. They didn't take the test in college. And then they kept rescheduling and rescheduling and rescheduling. And I don't work with them anymore, but I'm pretty sure they still haven't taken that test. It uh, slips away. Uh, time is uh, becomes an enemy. I uh, once knew a structural engineer, smart, smart guy, structural engineer. And his boss says, well, there's no need for you to become licensed because you're never going to stamp and seal any plans. Guess what? He never did. And eventually, uh, decades later, they closed down that department. And there he is with decades of experience and was not a, a SE. So I tell the younger engineers, it may be decades before you need to use your stamp, but guess what? All of a sudden, the coach is going to call you in from the bench, and guess what? You're going to have to uh, now stamp and seal plans, and if he sees that you don't have that PE, well, you might not be called in. You're going to be competing with other people. Yeah, that's right, and if you do have that PE, well, guess what? You're good to go. I've seen it in my career, the hills and valleys, companies that expand and then don't expand, and there's always the possibility that you're going to want to make a change or what life throws at you to relocate or anything like that. It's always a benefit. You may, due to the cyclical nature of the business that we're in, Brian, you, you may find yourself out of a job through no fault of your own. Yeah, it could be the fault of that manager or that other person that, that made bad business decisions and took risks that they shouldn't have. There you go. It, or there was merger and acquisition, and guess what? They don't need that particular discipline because, right? Because I think quality for engineers, it's definitely that third party, that audit, those things that you said, those four parts. But I think it's just as much about producing the best product that we can as individuals too, and taking responsibility for that, taking credit for the work that you're doing and learning from those experiences. Now, what you're really talking about is is the project manager. That's the person uh, who is in charge. And if you find yourself in a situation where it becomes a PM by committee, it's not pretty. 
no matter what level you are, you got to be thinking about that final product and that quality of the work that we're all trying to do because we're all trying to make the best representation of ourselves. Right. And now that we're in a uh, 3D world, come to find out your deliverable is no longer a hard copy, so to speak, meaning you got hundreds, thousands of pages of plans, you got special provisions, you got your estimates. It's a 3D model. And that 3D model, it becomes a AMG, it's automated machine guidance that's now talking to the contractor's equipment. So Brian, how would you check a, a 3D model? You want to think that you can check everything, but it's virtually impossible. You can't check every number even, and you got there's a level of trust and there's a the level of responsibility that each person has. There is. In fact, how would you stamp and seal a 3D model, Brian? I don't need an answer. I just need for you to think about that. We'll save that for a podcast for, for another time. We're all putting ourselves out there sometimes. The more you think about it, pretty scary. And most of the time, it all turns out great. But it only takes that one time, right? That's all it takes, Brian. It only takes one time and your errors and emissions insurance better be uh, up to date. And then they will get their money back after they pay it for you. Yes, sir. That's right. So I just want to transition to a, what we call the power of experience segment. Something that you may you wish you knew, something that somebody might have told you that just was like maybe an aha moment or something like that, that maybe the listeners, no matter what they're doing, no matter what role and responsibility they are, something that's held true to you over the years, if you'd be willing to share that with us. I probably came across this, just a little background. I got my undergraduate degree in December of 1975. So I'm scheduled to retire at the end of uh, 20. 25. It gives me 50 years, Brian. So I can look back now and say, it would have been nice to have understood the six constraints of every project that we work on. So Brian, I want to make this portion of the podcast a little interactive. So what are the basic three uh, constraints of a project? Well, you said quality was one. Basic three. We're not getting started with that. We'll, we'll get there, Brian, but I'm going to help you out. We get started with a scope. Somebody has an idea of a project and I'll say it in the simplest term. That's it. It's, it's an idea. Okay, now we got scope. Now, what are the other two? Budget. Brian, you're getting a gold star there. Okay, let's go to, we got budget. I'm going to help you out on the next one. It begins with S. Scope, budget, time. What's time? Schedule. Very good. All right, Brian, you got two stars. Now we're halfway there. Some people sit on a three-legged stool. They say, well, that's all I need. Scope, budget, schedule. I can give you two, but I can't give you three. Oh, no, nah, it's not right. There's actually six constraints. Let, let's continue, Brian. You're working on the fourth constraint right now. And this is how we get things done. How do we get things done? We get things done with? The design or the principles. You're close. We get things done through people or it's resources. Okay, resources. Now, those resources can be internal or external with subs. Now, Brian, now we get the number five. Okay, which we've already talked about. That's the quality. Very good. Okay. We're in the bonus round now, Brian. We're on number six. Okay, I'm going to help you out on this one. It's a four-letter word that ends in K, and it's not that word, Brian. I'm going to still help you out, Brian. It has one vowel in it. Guess what, Brian? It's still not that word. Now, I'm going to give you another hint. This is the last hint I'm going to give you. It's a four-letter word, ends in K, has one vowel, and begins with R. I'm just going through all the words that are coming up in my head, and it's rink, rank. Yes. This is a topic, Brian, that we could save this for another podcast. This is rarely talked about uh, internally or externally amongst my peers in the industry, especially on the design. 
begins with R, has one vowel, ends in K. And by the way, the, the PM and the project team have been known to, to say this word uh, repeatedly. I'm just getting stuck at like rank. You're close. It's risk. 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 Now, where is there risk, Brian? Well, there's risk in those five other constraints, right? The scope might have been well not well defined. The budget might have not been adequate. The schedule may have been unrealistic. And you know, there's resources, Brian, that you've never worked with before. Your resources could be uh, offices in five other states. You could have four subs. They don't know you. You don't know them. Then we got quality we talked about. So we ends up with risk. So to sum it up, I, I wish I would have understood that. That would have been further explained to me. So that's what I pass along to my mentees and the younger engineers that I interact with. I think that's excellent advice. And I'm definitely going to take note for myself in my career and in all the different projects that I work on. Sure. I know you mentioned your LinkedIn. I assume that's probably the best way to get in touch with you. Yes. I'm faceless on Facebook, by the way. I, I don't need to see photos of your cat's or dog's birthday party. And I realize you have a beautiful cat or dog, Brian, but it's TMI. It's just too much info. No, LinkedIn's my go-to. I do have a Facebook, but I really don't post to it much. It's more to just stay connected with my family and friends. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate all the insight and guidance and advice that you've provided us. Let me end by saying, uh, although I'm an experienced professional engineer, I am an engineer in training. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Please remember that you can find the show notes for this episode and all episodes of the podcast at engineeringqualitycontrol.com. Just look for episode 12. There you'll find a summary of the key points that we've discussed along with links to Steve's LinkedIn page and other things that we've mentioned during this episode. Until next time, friends, I want you to be the best in all of your engineering endeavors. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to download the latest version of our AE Industry Trends Report to get answers to the questions that you want to ask your staff, but you may be afraid to do so. How long will the great resignation last? How long should you allow employees to work remotely? And how are successful firms using data to grow sustainably for the long term? You can learn the answers to these questions and more by downloading the report at engineeringmanagementinstitute.org.